I own a writing company. I consider myself a writer. And I brought in a freelance writer to help rewrite the content. I'm happy to talk about anything you want. We are rocking and rolling with Heredo now. We're like doing everything in Heredo now. We are, we are all Heredo all the time. I actually, so I have, I have at least two things and I'm sure I'll come up with more because that is what I do that I want to talk to you about. But one of them is actually your usage of Heredo and, but more broadly, like structured content for proposals, but then even more like up a level, like structured content for business documents. Like, I think that's a super interesting topic. So that's the first thing I want to talk to you about. The second thing I want to talk to you about is... I just got off a call with uh, one of our customers, which is one of my favorite things to do because our customers are lovely people and they're interesting. And this particular customer, I'm not going to use their name, but let's just say they're a well-known medical institution and we might be doing a coffee and content with them soon. So maybe this, you know, maybe we can like dub their name back in. Sometimes we do that. It's funny. And they are using Hereto to build like this really, really personalized content. And they have this app that they have built that pulls content from Hereto and you like select all this stuff. And then like, it like tells you like what's happening with you medically. It's crazy. Like it's really, really interesting. And I know that you're super into medical stuff. So I was wondering if you've seen other stuff like that and where you think that's going. So where do you want to start? Either topic. I think we're talking about structured content for general business and structured content personalized structured content in life sciences. They're both fascinating topics. Let's start with you guys. Let's start with your usage of, of structured content. Oh, start with us. Yes. Yes. So, you know, what, what I realized after doing this for 28 years was that every time I wrote a proposal in the past, I would copy and paste a Word doc and I would just start tweaking it. And I always loved my new wording better than any of the other 387 versions that I had. And I was always trying to figure out what was the last version that I was working on? Like whose proposal was it? I need to find that one so that I can copy that wording and use it in my new one. And it was ridiculous. It was just it, it was just ridiculous. And having other people write proposals as well, well, they're like, okay, Val, where do I which the template doesn't even match anything you're doing. What do I do? <laughs> it was just like, yeah, yeah, this is this, you know, we really need structured authoring here. <laughs> it's just crazy. Can I can I tell you what I love about that? So we tend to get real nerdy and technical on this show, which is kind of the hallmark, but we often like go off and like talk about like the grand vision of structured content. And one of my favorite things on this show is when somebody just goes, I just couldn't figure out where I put that piece of content. Like it's the simple stuff that like just blows your mind. It's like I rewrote it. It was better and I don't know where it was. And that's the problem. And you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that we actually solved that problem too with structured content just crazy. I mean, sometimes I'd have to go check Salesforce for like, okay, who was the most recent prospect to get a proposal from me? You know, let, let me go find that. That must be the one that has the wording I want. I mean, it was just, it was just nuts. I have done that. I've done that exact thing. 
I swear to God, I swear to God I've done that exact thing. But probably more with RFPs because that used to be more what I was involved with than like proposals, proposals. But I've definitely been like, oh man, what, who was that? And then I got into Salesforce. And that's the digital equivalent of going on Slack and being like, hey, do you know who knows about X? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, my team was just tired of me going on Slack asking them, you know, like, okay, what proposal did I send out most recently? Was that was that yesterday? Was it three days ago? When did I do? Who was that? And they'd be like, oh, Val, just leave us alone. We have jobs to do. So, you know, it, it was just nuts. It was just nuts. So the notion of actually standardizing the content and having those components in a single location where okay, if I'm going to modify it and I love my new wording, then let's modify that topic, you know, and and now everybody has it and I don't have to worry about where it is anymore. It was really mind blowing, but I'll tell you my content strategy team and I had to sit down and figure out how granular we were going to reuse our content. So we had to go through the same process that we take customers through because Some customers, let's just take content strategy. Some customers just want us to do the information architecture, determine the taxonomy, just do it, right? Determine the metadata, just do it for them and just like, you know, bundle it up and hand it to them. And some customers want us to teach them how to do it. It's like, okay, well, how much of this do I repeat, you know, in my proposal Right, so I'm going to give you a proposal usually for one or the other, depending upon what you want. Rarely, I'll give you a proposal for both because it's completely different approaches, but a lot of it repeats itself. So, okay, at what level, like, do I need to rewrite this? Like, you know, it's talking about what is a content model. Well, that's the same whether I create it or I teach you to create it. How we work with you to do it is different. So we ended up having to sort of restructure and rewrite big chunks of the way we were, you know, creating proposals so that I didn't have to write the what is a content model part two times and update it two times and do everything two times, but I could pair it with here's how we do it when content rules does it for you and here's how we do it when we train you to do it because the approach is different. So I had to go through that, which our customers have to go through, really thinking about the content and working with the content itself so that I could do more with it in a structured environment. Does it make sense? Do you know what I mean? So, okay. So you guys went through that process, but I happen to know that in that process, you guys actually, you got a little help from outside, right? And, and like, when I first heard that, I was like, wait, what? But the more that you talk about it, it kind of makes sense because you guys are so close to your content that it's really hard to pull back and think about it objectively. So when you're an organization and you're thinking about going through this process yourself and you're not an organization that focuses on this, I mean, like, just think about what that says, right? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. So yeah, I am not at all embarrassed to say, I own a writing company. I consider myself a writer and I brought in a freelance writer to help rewrite the content. Because as you said, I have a team of people. Most of the people who work for me are writers 
we are all too close to it. I couldn't start again. It needed to be refreshed. And I could not figure out how to refresh it. This is, you know, I encourage customers to call us. We'll come and refresh the content that you're too close to. Yes, let's think about this content. This is a proposal. So I'm giving it to a customer that may or may not know anything really about structured content. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, when, when we're working on uh, content strategy proposals. It's so much better for someone who would possibly be my prospective reader to work with me on it because they, mine almost ends up like gibberish. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, it, it's like, I forget that I don't have to define things for myself. Whereas for someone else, things need to be defined. And I could not figure out how to reorganize all this information. Totally. It's like you, you just can't be objective about your own content is what it comes down to. Like once you've lived in it long enough, like you don't know what is just your common knowledge, what you're filling in mentally, what, how you're organizing things, like all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't, you can't be objective. And I just think it says so much that, you know, one of the foremost experts in content strategy went out to get a content strategist to help them with their content when they needed it. And like, if you're not one of the foremost experts in content strategy, maybe take a page, right? Like when you're thinking about like going out and like putting this stuff together and you guys got this fantastic result. It's amazing. It's amazing. And now almost everyone in the company is using Hereto to do this, even if they didn't necessarily understand structured content before. I mean, like your company, like every company, I have operations people who they know what we do, of course, but they don't do it. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's been working out really, really well. We are so happy with it. Um, We've actually started doing other content with Hereto oh, really? as well now. I haven't heard that. What What are you guys doing? What else so, are you guys doing? Um, there are certain uh, certain reports that we do where certain aspects are the same from report to report to report. There are certain topics that are the same. So again, when it's explanatory information, like this is a structured content ecosystem and this is a picture of it and this is what it means and this is what component-based structured content is. There's no sense in copying and pasting it or rewriting it every time. So we componentized it. Of course, how each customer is going to approach it could be different depending upon the customer. But by and large, a lot of my life science customers, particularly my pharma customers, well, they're all creating the same content. It's all about different drug products, but it's the same content. It's all going to the FDA. The FDA says, we want this content. We need it to look this way. So when I'm giving them a report about their content, explaining what they should do to move forward to be efficient, you know, do all the things they need, it's the same regardless of which pharmaceutical company it is, because they all need to move in this way. So um, we just started delivering our reports to them out of Hereto. We put all, all of that information into Hereto too now. This is fantastic. More business content. It's just a, the other side of the business content. All right. So 
I want to put you on the spot here. If you had to just like ballpark a number in terms of like how much time this has saved you, like what, what do you think it is? Well, let's see. Proposals are pretty short, but I will say that it saved me at least a few hours per proposal, which given the length of a proposal is usually, you know, six or seven pages. It's a lot of time to save because I'm not going back to it again. And gosh, I really didn't like the way I said it. Let me try again, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's safety on the reports. Well, the reports can be 65 pages long. I mean, hours and hours of time being able to reuse content in different ways and fill in with individual. I I don't want anyone listening to think that a customer gets a cookie cutter report. That's not true. The parts of a customer's report that are about their situation, their content, you know, what we found, that is all custom written. And we write it as topics just like anyone else would, but we're never going to reuse them. The thing that you really get as the end customer getting the report is the parts which are like, I don't want to say boilerplate, but are consistent. Like they tend to be really, really well deliberated over and really, really high quality, right? Because like if you're, if the same definition or the same explanation or the same whatever is going to be in 300 reports, then people spend a lot of time thinking about it and it's going to be really, really good. Right. And then if it could be better, you get the benefit of that, right. That doesn't get lost. So they get a higher quality report in that, in that regard. But the other thing they get is that I've, I've seen in the past that when people move to structure content for reports, they don't cut as many corners, which we all do naturally. Right. We have, we have deadlines and like blah, 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 blah. But like when you're going and you're just putting the content in, you have more focus and more time to spend on just the pieces that matter. And so in the end, what you do is you get more time on the stuff that's custom, you get higher quality than stuff that's around it. And it doesn't turn into like, I don't think there's any way it's cookie cutter. It's just the stuff that is consistent is better. And the stuff that is individual is more focused on. I think that's the right way to explain that. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, We not having to write things like this is what structured content is you know just explaining it not having to write that allows me to work more on say the vision for the customer you know this is this is the direction i think you should go and this is how we're going to get there this is the approach we're going to take we're going to use phases we're going to you know Sally's going to start and then Sam's going to do that. It can be a lot more personal because I have the time to spend on those really important sections. You're 100% correct. 